The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Joshua as we continue in a series called Possessing the Lamb. Joshua chapter 2, let's read the word of the Lord together. Joshua chapter 2, and we're going to read verse 1 through 24, a little bit of a lengthy passage. I preached a different message in the first service and uh, then I'm going to preach to you now, but I'll allude to it. And fill you in. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Now Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men from the Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go and view the land, especially Jericho. And so they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab who lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the woman who took the two men hid them. So she said, yes, the men have come to me, but I, do not, but I did not know where they came from. And it happened as the gate was being shut and it was dark that the men went out and where the men went to look, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. Verse 6. But she had brought them up on the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fjords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land that the terror of you has fallen us, fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did they remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you this kindness. Pardon me. Verse 12, now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you this kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. And spare my father and my mother, my brothers and my sister, and all that they have, and deliver us, deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, our lives for yours. If none of you tell this business of ours, it shall be when the Lord has given us this land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. And so she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall, and she dwelt on the wall. And she said to them, Go to the mountains and let the pursuers meet you. 
hide there for three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward, you may go your way. In verse 17 now. So the men said to her, we will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord. Everybody say scarlet cord. Scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. Unless you bring your father and your mother and your brothers and all your father's household into your home. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house and into the street, his blood shall be on his own head and we will be guiltless. But whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid upon him. And if you tell this business of ours, then, you'll be, then we will be free from the oath of which we, you made us swear. Verse 21, then she said, according to your words, may it be so. And she sent them away and they departed and she bound a scarlet cord in the window. And they parted, went to the mountains and stayed there three days until the pursuers had returned. Their pursuers sought them all along the way, but did not find them. So the two men returned, descended from the mountain and crossed over. And they came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all that had befallen them. And they said to Joshua, truly, the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands. For indeed, all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. Whoo, what a text. Come on, Jesus. Come and do what you love to do today. Move in power. May we never be the same, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you. As I shared in the, our first service, and I'll share today, we, we went off to Arkansas uh, really under a mandate of the Lord. A number of years ago, I was pastoring on the island of Kauai, and when we were there, uh, a young man uh, was on my staff, and his name was Dotson Imakita. He is a Marshallese man. Does anybody know the culture of the Marshallese? It's Micronesia. And he was there, and God had us raise him up and train him and teach him uh, the things of ministry and everything that we knew. In fact, the word was, teach him everything you know. So that took all of about two weeks. And uh, then we were done. And <laughs> afterwards, a phone call came from our senior leader from Dr. Morocco asking me if Dotson Imakita, this Marshallese man, was ready to take over the ministry uh, there on the island of Maui, which was uh, about 100 people, a Marshallese church. And I told him, yes, he's just ready. I've just taught him everything I knew. It took two weeks. And we laughed, ha, ha, ha. And off he went. Dotson Makita, over the past, uh, I think now 10, 12 years, he was a part of our staff back then, uh, but over these recent years now, has really been raised up to be what I would call a, a modern-day uh, apostle with apostolic anointing. He's planted, I think, 20 churches now, uh, and uh, in the Marshall Islands, as well as all over the United States. And these extensions are specifically focused to the Marshallese. Now, many of you don't even know what a Marshallese is. It's not a, it's not a sandwich or anything. It's, it's a people group. And the largest concentration of Marshallese is in Arkansas, 
Fayetteville, Arkansas. They work for Tyson Chicken and uh, the large workforce for Walmart that's right there and a number of other large corporations that are right there in Fayetteville. So for the second year, they had this, this conference and they invited me because I'm seen as sort of like one of the fathers. I think I'm too young to be that, but maybe not. And we went there and God broke out in the Marshallese there in that time when we were there in Arkansas. And it didn't start with that conference that we had. It really started years ago with this lady and her husband, Flo and Sam Sasser. Has anybody ever heard of the Sassers? The Sassers were called when they were 21, 22 years old to the Marshall Islands. They had no backers. They had no support. They just went with faith and God meant them there. And they gathered together a small group of believers, about 15 kids, really kids, young adults and youth. And the church there was a Catholic church and the Presbyterian church and really both of them, to, for lack of a better word, were dead. They weren't reaching the lost. They weren't preaching the gospel really. It was just, it was dried up. And um, she was much more gracious as she shared this story with me because she was with me at this conference. And I couldn't wait to ask her about the revival that broke out. But I heard about it and I read in books. And so she tells me the story. They went down when they were 20-something years old. She said it wasn't even because we prayed, although we did pray. It wasn't because we had any special gifting or talent, although my husband, who's gone to be with the Lord, as she said, was a great teacher and a, and a great man. It was a sovereign move of God. She said one night we were in a porch outside of our house and it was screened and the wind would blow and if it was raining and the wind blew hard enough the rain came in on us and we would meet there every night. We'd work during the day and at night we would have these Bible studies and, and Sam, her husband, was teaching out of the book of Acts. Shock, shock. And was talking about the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Now they had been greatly persecuted up to this point also. Uh, the, the body of Christ, the church there in the Marshall Islands didn't want them. You know, we've done some extreme things. It's funny how the ones who persecute you are usually the church. I don't know how that is. It's crazy. It seems like the world doesn't get upset, but the church gets all bent out of shape when we break tradition and break rules. I'm not talking sin. I'm just talking break some tradition that some dude met. I'm not talking about the Bible, the word. And so they were really going through a hard time. They didn't have a lot of food and all that. And on this one night, teaching and preaching from the book of Acts and the wind of this, this is what she told me, the wind of the Holy Spirit came and all of those kids, there's only about 15 of them got baptized in the Spirit and they began to pray in other tongues and they were overwhelmed and it did not stop. It went on into the night and you know, eventually they went to sleep and they woke up the next day and the outpouring of the Spirit continued and people started getting saved and their, those kids' families got saved and the families' friends of the families got saved and before they knew it, that town, which I think is called Lara, I'm probably mispronouncing it, came under what she called like a blanket of the Holy Spirit. And anybody that walked into the town would experience God. They had drunk people walk and fall under the power of, the, of God and conviction, repent, give their hearts to Jesus and never drink another drop. And those became leaders later on. She's telling me this story while I'm sitting in an office with all the leaders of really the modern day movement in the Marshallese that she was the mother of along with her husband, the father of. And as she's telling it, these Marshallese are weeping. 
Pastor Dotson tells me, I met, I met one of the men that came in drunk. He told me the story and how the power of God came on him and he fell and he was instantly sober and he stopped drinking. And she tells me how this blanket just came upon the whole town. And it was like anybody that came into the town got saved and the town got saved and they baptized thousands and thousands of people. She said, we baptized all day. And so I stopped her because I know what it is to baptize 10 or maybe 20 people. You know, it's a little bit of work. Everybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking sprinkling. I'm talking putting them all the way underneath the water, bringing them all the way back. I've done that in the ocean. We've got a cute little tank back here, which I'm thankful for. How many of you are thankful for heated water in Alaska and you got baptized? Amen. <laughs> baptized all day long in the ocean. I said, now, all day? She says, all day long. Thousands of people, one after another, from sunup to sundown, we would baptize people. I just thought, oh, my gosh. And she's weeping. And now all of the leaders that are around us, their parents got saved at, that, at those times. And they're the fruit, basically, of this lady being obedient. Kind of amazing. And what many people don't know is that there really is no Marshallese that are 70 or 80 years old. There is no 70 or 80-year-old Marshallese person. Do you want to know why that is? It's because they're all dead. Because we tested the atom bomb just off of the coasts of their islands and blasted them with, with nuclear winds. And I met Pastor Dotson's mother um, probably 15 years ago. Was, a good friend, was good friends with my mother. She told stories about how all the green leaves fell from the trees and all the animals died. And they all got cancer. You know, I'm, I'm being a little bit, generalizing a little bit. Of course, not all of them did, but... Many got cancer and died. There's no elderly, really. And as I heard this lady's story, she inspired me. She inspired me to what God had done in another, in another generation that God could do now. And in fact, God is doing among the Marshallese. That morning service, the Sunday morning service, all I could do to stay on my feet was lean against a wall as they would come weeping and crying, hundreds of Marshallese people in Arkansas, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Can anything good come from Arkansas? <laughs> Somebody say yes. Fayetteville, Arkansas, the power of God coming down on this obscure people group, Weeping and crying and miracles and signs and wonders, amazing. And all I could sit there and just go, Oh my gosh, I think we're backslid. I, I think a good portion of the church is backslid. No, what a hungry, they're so hungry. They're so hungry. I mean, have you ever seen somebody who's dying of thirst? Have you ever seen that? Ever seen somebody just hasn't had a drink of water? I've seen that. They will mow you over, push you out of the way, and get some water. They're desperate. In the text that we looked at, we see this tremendous inspiration that comes. Anybody ever been inspired by somebody in God? This lady inspired me. And now we've started this series called Possessing the Land. And we talked about how Joshua is now in charge and Moses is dead. And things change. 
And God is with Joshua. And though things change, which you can count on, you can count on things changing. But even though they do change, God will give you victory in the midst of it. You've got to keep the vision before you and be strong and courageous and all the things it says in that marvelous verses of Joshua chapter 1. And the second message I preach in, in the first service under the direction of the leading of the Lord, Joshua's talking to Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and they're going to stay on the east side of the Jordan, but he charges them to fulfill their covenant which they made with Moses. That even though they were going to stay on the east side of the Jordan and not cross over for their land, they had to cross over to fight for everybody else's. And the point of that is you can't do it on your own. You need help. You need relationship. You need the local church. Amen. It's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's about a whole generation, a whole nation, nations of the earth that we're going to reach. Amen. And there's no way for us to possess the land, basically, unless we do it together. Amen. There's no one person that can take the land. It takes a team. Everybody say it's a team. And so now we find Joshua sends spies out. And they, they come to Jericho, and faith is found in a likely place, if you're filling your notes in, and an unlikely place. It's encouraging to know that God's people have faith, but it's surprising to note that this lady Rahab, and by the way, harlot is a prostitute, that the harlot Rahab has faith. And her faith is described in Hebrews 11, verse 31. It says, by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Rahab's faith saved her, made her righteous. How did she come to faith? Look at your notes with me. Verse 10, she heard. Everybody say, she heard. It reminds me of blind Bartimaeus. Jesus is walking by blind Bartimaeus, actually by Jericho. And he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. How did he know that he was the son of David? It's an, it's a, his, his declaration is a statement that he knew that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was the Christ. Well, how did he know that? Because somebody told him. He heard. And it says that she heard. Come on, look at verse 10 with me. For we have heard how the Lord dried up. Somebody testified. How the Lord dried up the Red Sea. Now, hold on a second. That's 40 years ago. She's telling a story that her parents told her. Here's the thing. Her parents told her, oh, there's those, those Israelites are coming, and they serve a real God, a God who dried up the Red Sea, defeated Egypt. They're coming, and they were terrified. Now, here's the thing. That's Moses' generation. Moses' generation had less faith then Jericho. And Jericho was terrified that they were coming, but they failed because they didn't believe. Amazing. Now they've heard about that, so the stories were told in Rahab's family by her father, maybe by her mother or an auntie or something. There's these people, the Jews. There's 12 tribes, the Israelites, and their God is, is for real God. All other gods are idols. This is the real God. And, and, and they're coming. And so she knows that there's a real God who parted the Red Sea and still does miracles. 
So that's how one of the ways she came to faith. She believed the Lord and trusted in his power. Look at verse 11. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. In other words, she knew that there is a God that could part the Red Sea. And if he could part the Red Sea, he could certainly take care of Jericho, just give it a little flick. And so she had faith and believed in, and trusted in his power. And not only that, she took action. She did something about it. Come on, faith without, faith without works is, is dead. And the effects of her faith are amazing. She's saved. Now, it's fascinating that, that the spies say, hang this scarlet thread out the window. There is what, what we call in Scripture the scarlet thread. And you can trace it from Genesis all the way through. And it's about the blood. Scarlet is a picture of red, a picture of blood. And it's interesting that if you hang this scarlet thread out your window, does that sound familiar for them? They put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and the lentils of their home and so that the destroyer, the death angel, passed over the firstborn. And, but if you didn't have the blood in the doorpost on your door that back then, then the firstborn died. Picture of first fruits, also a picture of tithing, belongs to the Lord. And so... They say, hang this scarlet thread. It's a picture of the blood. It's a picture of, of the blood of Jesus. That's what it is. And you can see it throughout the Old Testament going into the New. And so the effects of her faith is she's saved. Her family that she brings into her home is saved. And you know what happens is she has a new life. Oh, she might have been from Jericho, but she ain't from Jericho no more. She has this new life, and her faith inspired others. Very simple message. God's speaking to us today. We are called to inspire one another. This lady fired me up. I couldn't help but sit there and weep. I mean, at 20-something years old, they left everything. I mean, you usually don't have too much when you're 20 anyway, but... But, I mean, they left the comfort of home. They left their church. They left all their... They just jumped. We have some people like that in the church. Here, missionaries, people that have just gone ahead, dropped, flinged everything, trusted God. There was such confidence in the power of God in the early days of what they call Pentecost that they believed that they didn't have the language, that God would give them the language when they got there. And, you know, that did happen actually a few times. There's nothing wrong with learning the language either. That's the kind of faith they had. Where, where, where is that? Where is that generation? Where's the generation of people that'll... You know, the American ethos is, it's just me, myself, and I. There's people so much about, about our stuff and my life and my dream. I've found that if you live to build God's dream and build God's house, he'll build yours. I, I, can't, I cannot much talk about, about what the Lord's done for me even in the most recent of days, because I'll just sit up here weeping and you'll wonder what happened to your pastor. So I'll swallow big and tell you that God will fulfill every single dream of yours as you delight yourself in Him. If you want to try to strive and do it your own way, 
you will end up frustrated and dissatisfied and outside the will of God. Oh, but if you live for him. He'll make your dreams come true. Every dream. We are called to inspire one of their 2 Timothy 1.6. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up, love the King James, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of hands. The Sassers, they inspired me. The story of the Moroccos, they inspired me. The battle that, that Dan and Esther Morocco had over the church in the Philippines, they had assassins come to kill them because the land was so valuable. There was assassins that were hired so a particular family could get the property where the church was. They had day and night meetings, prayer meetings, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for seven years. And at the end of seven years, they got the breakthrough. You know, we're so used to McDonald's. We're so used to, I want a number three, go large. A number one? I said a number three. You know, and then they got the clock there when you pull up and it's clicking how long you're sitting there. And then I've been in some, some drive throughs where they're like, would you do us a favor? Would you just roll forward? Because we want to stop the clock, you know, because, of, you know, we're, we're, we're judged by how fast our, our average is and, and your, your burger's not quite done yet. I mean, everything's just super time conscious and, you know. There used to be devils that would manifest in some church services. I've found that less and less now because people have smartphones. So you don't really need a devil to distract you because you're looking at Facebook or something instead of listening to the Word of God. That's another one. Is that another one? Inspire. If somebody was to look at your life, would they be inspired or would they not even know you're a believer? If things were up to you, if it was up to you whether we would possess the land, and by the way, possessing the land means laying a hold of and receiving, laying claim to and taking every promise that God has given you. That's what that means. If people, if people would look at your life and my life, would they come away inspired or would they be like, guy looks confused. Would they come away like, man, I... He did it. She did it. I can do it. Live a life like that. Live a life with no compromise. See how big a heart you can get for God. See how in love you can fall with Jesus. Oh, you'll never regret it. Look at your notes. Our faith can be a means of many to be saved or many to be discouraged. Now, I didn't put that in your notes, but it's true. He said, Pastor, you don't know what I came from. You don't know what kind of family I came from. No, I don't. Although I do some of you, but some of you I don't. And I don't know what kind of hard time you went through. But the truth is, God took Rahab, who had a house of prostitution, and made it a house of salvation. And it doesn't matter what your family history is, if you've got a long lineage of believers, 
or long lineage of pagans. You choose to serve God. You make a choice. You make a decision to live for Jesus and he will change you. He will change you, change your family. He'll impact others. He'll inspire people. And he'll change you. Now, some of you know this, but in the lineage of Jesus is Rahab. Oh, let me run that through one more time. If you look at the lineage of Christ, you will see Rahab's name mentioned. So God took a woman who believed, took action, and made a house of prostitution, a house of salvation, and then placed her in the lineage of the Messiah. Don't tell me you've done things that can't be redeemed. He can redeem it. He can heal you. He can set you free. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yeah. He can give you a brand new identity. He can wash away the old and make you new, even a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, For if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And I don't know if you need a new start today. You know how to get out of the situation you're in? I'll tell you, the very first thing to do is give your heart to Jesus. Repent of your sin. Turn. Forsake your sin. Begin to live for God. And he will take your life. It'll make it beautiful. And he'll use you to affect even, even nations like the Marshallese. My goodness. Our faith can bring us to a lifestyle of being used by God. Make it a lifestyle of being used by God. Now, as a church, how we respond in faith to the vision that God has given us with the land that's before us, a building that needs to be built, a state that needs to be reached. There are still villages that have no church. There's no church in them. There's no gospel witness. There's nobody, there's nobody sharing the good news of Jesus. God could use us to plant churches in every village. Could it happen? It could happen. as a church, how we respond in faith as we possess the land, as we respond in faith to the vision God has given us, to the degree that we do that could, ex could affect the extent of revival in Alaska. Some of you guys don't know this, and I'll, I'll close with this. I don't know how it is, but it seems that everywhere I go, people, have, people are talking about our church and how things are happening here and how miracles happen here. And, oh, I'm sure God's using other places. I'm confident of that and I'm thankful for it. It's the body of Christ. But whether you reach to your neighbor or reach to your friend or invite somebody to come to church or be a part of a small group or get into the realities classes or come to the church fishing day. Hook a big one for Jesus. Come on. Get involved in the life of the church. You plug in. Get a weed whacker for Jesus. Amen. Right? Come on. When I was a young believer, I was giving a machete in the, in the Hawaiian Islands. And somebody said, okay, we're going to hack all these bushes out. We're going to do it for the Lord. 
I looked up at those bushes and I just hacked those things like there were every devil that ever tried to afflict me. I came through the other side with the bushes destroyed and all my arms were cut and I was like, hallelujah. I don't suggest that. I think I was, I think I was getting rid of some inner rage that I might have had. something for Jesus. Can you say amen? Come on, stand up on your feet and say, I'm going to do something for Jesus. Come on, say it. Say, my faith is going to inspire others. Come on, make a declaration. No matter how you feel about it, that's irrelevant. Feelings come and go. Say, my faith is going to inspire others. Say, I'm going to make a difference. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Father, I pray, Lord, touch your people. And as far as it depends on us individually, Lord, may we do our very best to see your kingdom expanded. May we be a, a person of faith like Rahab. doesn't matter our past. What matters is we choose to serve you from this moment on. And if you're here tonight, today and you're not right with God, don't you leave this place in the closing moments of this service. Do not leave this place without giving your heart to Jesus. It's not some religious game we're playing. This is for keeps. It's for real. If you're not saved today, you want to give your heart to the Lord, you want to repent of your sin, renounce your sin and, and live for Him with all your heart. If that's you, lift your hand right now all across this place. God bless you, sweetheart. Thank you. If you're serious about it, giving your heart to Jesus for the first time or making a recommitment, meet me right here. Come here. Come, come right to the front. Come. Leaders, come. Come. If you want to get right with God, come right now. Come on, come quickly, come. Quickly, quickly, all across this place. Quickly, you want to get right with God. People are coming. It's a new, it's a new day. It's a new day. Come on, come on, you can clap better than that. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a brand new day. Come on, somebody say it's a brand new day. Because the blood of Jesus, say it, because the blood of Jesus has washed my sins away. Has washed my sins away. It's a brand new day. <laughs> come on, pray right out loud. Just right out loud all across this place. Say, dear Jesus. Come on out loud. Say, dear Jesus. Thank you for dying in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin. And be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray. Fill, touch, heal. Wash it all away, God. Heal every heart, every broken heart. Touch, touch people right now. Holy Spirit, Thank you. Come on, just let the Lord touch you. Service is almost over. Lord, touch people. God's healing people's hearts. God's healing people's hearts. Lord, touch right now. Release your power. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, touch your people right now. Blessing. 
Lord, thank you. Thank you for favor. your kids if you would if you would do that that would help us as we transition to the 12 o'clock service i went a little long on you don't miss tonight six o'clock if you're able to come if you've not participated in the online web stream it's lots of fun you can get that on your phone at casealaska.com and just follow the links father we thank you what you've done today your word goes forth it does not return void use us to inspire people and live a life of faith and encourage, encouragement to others. Thank you that we are not our past, nor we are defined by it. For it's a new day and a new hour. And Lord, that you will use us profoundly as we walk as even little children before you, trusting and obeying, leaning on the everlasting arms, leaning on your everlasting arms. Now bless your people, God. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. <laughs> Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you tonight. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.